Hello and welcome into another episode of Podcast 63. It is season six, episode six, uh, and we have some catching up to do. Uh, we are going to try to rewind the past month or so uh, and talk about how our Ramblers have been faring as of late. Uh, so we're mostly going to focus on conference play um, and our uh, pretty positive start. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the players that we think have been doing well, who have impressed us, who have maybe surprised us, and also a player that we think can maybe step it up a little bit. Uh, and then we'll kind of look ahead too and see uh, what our expectations are for the rest of the season and uh, maybe even leading into the postseason too. So, uh, Lou, how are you? Uh, what's new uh, in the Rafters of Genteel? Yeah, well, uh, people have uh, been watching us a, right, a lot more now, right? Uh, especially in A10 folks. Um, had the pleasure of uh, joining a three-bid league um, for a little segment on the, the Ramblers. And, of course, uh, somewhat uh, may have seemed a little shocked that we were talking about such a good Rambler team. Um, others, uh, like ourselves, I think, are just like this team finally found its uh, its rhythm, right? So, again, great to see the rhythm like that. Um, another close ones we've had a Genteel from a loss to Richmond and then a buzzer beater, but the Genteel crowd is is pretty much great and always happy to have the students back. Yeah, you've been you've been pretty busy hopping on podcasts and stuff. You've been a uh... You've been uh, recording for for some some good people, huh? It's been kind of fun. Yeah, it's been fun. Happy to be back on our voice, our channels, <laughs> and uh, chatting yeah. with you here about uh, what we think about our Rambler so far. Sweet. Well, we will get into it here in just a moment. So don't go anywhere, anywhere, and always remember, never forget, go Blurs. And we are back. Um, so let us uh, say what we were just talking about, which is going over the uh, past month or so, I guess, mostly conference season, um, and just kind of diving in. And maybe, I don't know if you had an idea, but like maybe just diving into certain games uh, to kind of talk about them real quick, or uh, did you want to just kind of sum it all up? What were you thinking? Yeah, I think we can kind of walk through the first two games pretty straightforward. Um, definitely, I think uh, Richmond, we'll talk about here, St. Joe's and Mass and Fordham um, and the VCU game as we're recording after it. So um, I'll kind of just do the quick uh, for St. Louis and for Duquesne. Uh, both games, I think, were quite a bit of a, a wake-up for us. Um, again, uh, down to Duquesne at half, um, and then uh, only uh, up to up to St. Louis um, in the first half. But again, both games, we found we had struggles for sure. Um, so I think the biggest thing coming out of both those games, um, one is that uh, we, we saw, in my opinion, a certain resurgence of uh, players off the bench. Um, in the in the slew game, Dame came off the bench uh, only for 13 minutes, uh, wondering what might happen. Wasn't foul trouble, uh, but with even with foul trouble, he was efficient. Five of six, put up 10 points um, and two blocks. Right, so that's pretty great to what you want to see. And again, this was the first conference game, so that's why I'm just gonna say, hey, 
think about that statement about Dame off the bench because we're going to talk about it in depth uh, when we get into here uh, with uh, the rest of the games. Uh, biggest thing to call out for the Duquesne game, down at half. Uh, there's really no other way to say it, right? Uh, I don't think uh, – granted, Duquesne did start off their season really great. Um, as we record this, they just got their first conference win tonight. Um, so kind of a, like what's going on. Um, and, again, I think the Duquesne game is a summary of some of these games, especially the, uh, the VCU game. But D- Duquesne really just – the three wasn't falling for us. Uh, shot a, a 25% from three, not where you want to be, even though the field goal was 50%. Right, like that is a great one, um, but then also again uh, we're falling into trap of our own. I guess uh, do I want to say plague of uh, mishaps, but uh, turnovers in the Duquesne game, twenty-one turnovers. Um, mm. So uh, to many people, this wasn't a shock, um, as Loyola last year dubbed themselves turnover, um, the turnover team, pretty much. Right, that's that's what we were. Um, but again, no matter what, we found the dub in both games, and I think that's the biggest difference. All from compared to last year, Buck, there is that they found a way to win no matter. Mm-hmm. Again, I think we tweeted out, we hadn't tweeted out in a while, right? Find a way to win. That's yeah. the main goal. We used to say that back in the uh, uh, Porter days, right? And even after, um, I think even the after the crazy you and I lost uh, for the conference regular season uh, back in the NBC, just, just win. That's all you got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, they found a way those two games. And I think, again, a a team like last year might've struggled to find that win, but I think having a different record than we had in non-conference, you saw some wins, especially going into St. Going into conference play, we are coming on three of, um, I think, what was it? Three wins the last four games, tough one to St. South Florida. So they were looking to win. Um, but those are those two quick games. Uh, we're really going to dive in here to the Richmond game buck. Um, I'll start mm-hmm. off being present there. Uh, what an interesting game, uh, to say the least. Uh, 23 to 23 at half. Um, and the crazy thing is uh, this game was really slow out of the gate. Like, again, I think it was only 7-7 under seven minutes. Uh, so <laughs> to, just a good connection there. But a very slow game, almost reminiscence of um, – what happened tonight in the Duquesne game with them, I think, being 22-15 to 15 at half. But uh, nonetheless, we actually went out uh, to a lead um, of five. Um, and then, of course, it was just a game of runs, right? Um, one team goes on a 5-0 run, then another team goes on a 5-0 run. Um, and that's kind of what it was. It was a back and forth in the, in the first half, um, and no one really could pull away, and no one could also uh, really – I, I guess you say be of that efficient um, to just take a massive lead. Um, again, we shot 16% from three in the first half against Richmond. Uh, while they shot 30% field gold, uh, we shot 33%, right? So uh, not, not great stats at all and not uh, a great timing. Um, but again, uh, some things to definitely change. So uh, Buck, I think the big thing to turn out to is the second half. Second half. Mm-hmm. was a completely different story uh as we know it didn't end the way we wanted but um it did turn into a different type of a ball game uh again it, it was that back and forth uh, we saw some technical uh, uh plays aka a technical foul get called even on des um after a, a run on ourselves right 
Um, and again, momentum was just whoever had the momentum, they kind of were taking advantage of it, right? Um, and, and that's kind of tough. Um, not only is it tough with turnovers, um, but it's tough when you are down um, points and then you can get on a run. Uh, you're ultimately just kind of giving back uh, some of the hard work you just did. Um, but again, I don't think a lead got more. So we did get the lead to seven. And then the technical foul. Oh, sorry. We got the lead to eight. And then a technical foul was called on Dez. And again, we got the lead to eight early in the second half. 15 minutes left. Dez then goes, gets the tech. Um, they make uh, both free throws and they get the basket uh, basketball. And they uh, put, uh, put a bucket in. So they cut it to four. Then they cut it to two. And then they tie it. So they themselves go on an 8-0 run. So, again, eight points was the largest lead of the night. After that little back and forth, it was within one, within two, within one, maybe within three. Um, but, again, uh, we were kind of fighting then our way back because Richmond then, I think, took a six-point lead with about a minute left. Um, and it was runs. And that's just what it might be. Uh, Richmond, as people might know, uh, they're right now undefeated in the conference, right? And uh, I think this, this year's conference is very neck and neck. Um, I think the groups are very competitive. So, Buck, I, I don't know what you would take out of that. Um, it almost mm-hmm. reminded me, Buck, of old NBC games or old, old mm-hmm. like five years ago, low-scoring game, defense kind of, and a little bit of runs that t- can take advantage of the, the outcome. Yeah, I, I think one of the things I took just to this point in the season, the first maybe three conference games, was uh, just the togetherness of the team, like to not, um, you know – other team goes in a run like don't just lay down and die like i know last year uh, we didn't like quit on anything but it just kind of felt like every time a team went on a run like we kind of just didn't have an answer last year um and there wasn't anyone that just would come in and be like hey no this is it like we're getting a stop on this possession let's turn this this stuff around whereas i think this team there's some uh, upperclassman leadership even a transfer in does watson like he knows the a10 like he knows all these teams so it's kind of like you know, he is a transfer, but he's kind of not a transfer, especially when it comes to A-10 play. Uh, he's been through this before. Um, and then, you know, of course, being led by a couple uh, fifth-year senior guys and Brayden and Dame. And um, there's just, I think, a, a, a lot more intangible um, improvement for this team um, to play good defense. Like, I know we had 21 tur- turnovers against Duquesne, but in the slew game, we had nine. And today in our game against VCU, we had nine as well. So knowing that we can play like that to play without making mistakes. Um, yeah, some games are going to shoot the crap out of the ball. But sometimes, like you said, in, in these games, like we shot 25% from three too. So um, I think they're just, they were, at least at this point, I was like, okay, they're figuring it out. I thought they would be a pretty solid team. Um, I think after winning two games and, and only losing by two to Richmond, I was already thinking, okay, this is this is not a pillow fight team. Like this is a team that's going to avoid that first day in the A10 tournament and maybe compete for a little bit more. Um, so yeah, it was very exciting. Uh, this game, the end of the game, I did watch the end of the game, and it was, oh man, with the foot out of bounds and the um, what else? They missed like a travel or like a something else. There's something else that they missed that was just like ridiculous and. We had two shots to tie or win the game. And this was, oh, yeah. The, then the other thing was that uh, uh, Drew didn't call a timeout. And 
Uh, we, we could probably talk the whole podcast about that sort of decision-making. Um, but look, we got two chances to tire win the game. Uh, and if that pass from Jalen Quinn gets through or, the oh, yeah, the ref doesn't blow the whistle for him being out of bounds, which he definitely got that pass off before his foot came down. Um, you know, we're looking at Braden for a wide open corner three to win the game. Like, you know, I just think those are the outcome was not good, but the process to get there was great. So, um, yeah, I, I just think they're a more, um, I think they're just locked in. I think they're a more process oriented team. Uh, and I, I think that just is going to pay dividends when it comes to time for February, March and tournament time, just their ability to uh overcome difficult situations and hopefully come out with some some big wins down the stretch so yeah, yeah. that's what i got no, for those three yeah i think you're absolutely right with again the richmond game um and again the summary of the first three games uh our, our first three games uh could have been very different compared to the team last year um and again the matchups right i think this was an interesting one neil quinn had a see matchup against miles um, AK maybe a precursor to what we had to deal with at UMass. Um, but again, not letting kind of that really, in my opinion, be the thing that causes you to go on a, a, a bad losing streak, right? Like this type mm-hmm. of game, the way it ended could easily, in my opinion, have put this team on a different road and a different thing. Um, I do agree though, before I wrap this up, we could talk about a timeout being called for a whole episode. Again, <laughs> I don't think... One, this is the same team. And one, if anyone brings up Final Four or anything like that, oh, what if we called a timeout? Yeah, we can't think like that. We're just thinking of, like, what makes sense for what's going on. So, again, Mm. we know the play. I think, again, these guys know who's shooting. Look at Jalen. No matter what, he gave every inch of his body to get the ball to Brayden, right? They know who they're going to try to get the shot to. Jaden had the hot hand that night. There's no doubt in my mind he – shouldn't have had an opportunity to take the shot right you just don't hit all of them and some nights you just when you need one the most right but i think even we tweeted it can also come down to one play one shot the team overall in this game shot under 40 percent from three and field gold and only 57 percent from free throw so again when you lose by two you kind of look at the numbers and you can find a few little it's the small things right now again this was neck and neck defense um, but again, it's always the small things that I think you can, uh, you can try to improve on, but no, this was a, a tough one for sure. Again, um, only the second loss at home this entire season, uh, which is crazy to think about ready. The last one was the, of course the tough UIC game, but again, our, our record in front of home fans has been really great. So I, I, I tip the cap though for a fought, hard fought game and then maybe a precursor to another close one, uh, the following home game. But Buck, we move into the St. Joe's game, and mm-hmm. not only do you just lose against Richmond, but you've lost to St. Joe's now three straight times, twice yeah. in regular season conference play, and then lo and behold, we play them first round, our first ever A-10 tournament, and you and I were in person, <laughs> firsthand mm-hmm. uh, knowledge of what happened, and what happened was we lost. And again, St. Joe's returning majority of the same team, at least the the same leadership, I would say, right? Uh, especially mm-hmm. in Greer um, and Reynolds and even Kim and Brown. Uh, so a team that, one, knows how to beat Loyola. Um, but what do you think, and 
again, for those listening, we, we ended up beating St. Joe's. But, Buck, what do you think going into this game could have been the mentality state, again, besides the classic road dogs? Yeah, I think sometimes when you go on the road, you can kind of hype yourself up too much, right? Like you, like, you just list off a bunch of great bulletin board material, right? But, like, honestly, like, you kind of only need one thing. You're like, oh, they beat us the last time we played them? Well, we got to get them back, right? Like, so I just think that they were able to kind of harness that and be able to go on the road um, and stay stay um, focused on, on the goal, which is to come back with a win uh, against a really good team. I mean, St. Joe's is, uh, you know, they hadn't won a conference game to that point, but um, they're a solid uh, team. They've now gone on a little win streak and won three in a row since playing us. Um, so they're a very solid team. Uh, and just to go on the road that far, you know, go out, uh, go out east and come back is always great to, I'm sure the, the plane ride home was, was very enjoyable. Um, and yeah, just trying to limit their offensive, uh, explosion, right? I mean, Eric Reynolds, like is a beast. I think he's like top three in the league in scoring right now in the A-10, uh, at least like top five for sure. Um, and like you said, Cameron Brown, Lynn Greer, like they've all, they've both gone off against us in the past. So. Uh, I know Eric Reynolds got his, but uh, one of the things we talk about, at least on our team, is if we know there's a really good scoring option, like averaging 20-plus points, like, okay, they might get 20 points, but make them take 20 shots, right? Because then you're, you're not being efficient at that point. And, yes, Eric Reynolds scored 26 points, but he took 21 shots, and he had four turnovers. So, I mean, as as far as things go, like, I think that stat line really – isn't terrible i think that's something you live with uh and you are also able to limit brown and greer to a combined 18 points um so i think that all uh combined just is a successful uh road trip good game plan and uh coming back from uh being down uh they're down what like six with like three minutes to go or something like that five, five minutes ago so uh yeah it's just a it's an impressive win um in, in any right, but to come back on the road against a team that beat you three times in a row is just, uh, it makes it really pretty sweet. So, no, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. What, no, what I you think, think, well, you're absolutely right. So, they were down eight with just over five minutes ago. And uh, not only are you down, but something that we kind of talked about uh, a little that I talked about with St. Louis in the Duquesne game, and something that seems to be kind of a, a thread that we're just going to have to eventually talk about but just the three-point shot just not hitting to where we think this team probably could be um and again that almost sums it up with the st joe's game st joe's uh again you're down eight with uh just over five to go and maybe a three-pointer can also look nice and cut the lead um and again this is coming from a team that in the first half uh, from three was 47%, right? So they were n- nine of 19, nearly 50% uh, were, were off the races running. Uh, that was, of course, uh, with Jaden Dawson and Braden were great. Um, but then in the second half, we were 12% from three, one mm-hmm. of eight. But that one three is one of the biggest shots of the entire game, and that's Jaden Dawson not being afraid uh, to take the shot and, again, tie it for us, right? That game, uh, that shot uh, puts that game in a position where we tie the game with just 
uh, or sorry, we take the lead. No, we don't tie the game. We take the lead. The game was tied at the time because Jaden Dawson decided to go on a little 5-0 run. Um, and that's what he did, right? He and, and the crazy thing, the reason why I bring this up is Jaden had just turned over the ball, the possession right before these next two possessions. So he had mm-hmm. turned over the ball. Reynolds misses a three. And then Jaden gets a bucket. And then we get the a defensive stop. And then he gets a bucket for the three. So, and again, that was a Braden Norris assist as well. Braden had a really nice, and it was on the fast break, right? The momentum. So I think what, what that shows and what we have to talk about is like, I don't think the three should ever be like, you don't shoot. Um, again, I think even Drew just posted this. Was it today or yesterday? And it was like a Instagram video and joking European coaches are hilarious. And it, this mm. coach was saying, if you're afraid to shoot, go do something else. Like, if you're afraid to make mistakes, go have another profession, right? Like, go have another passion. Go find something else. And I honestly do think that kind of that clip today made me realize, I was like, you know what? I don't want them not shooting threes. Like, I don't want Mm Braden not shooting a three. I don't want Braden not shooting. Like, if they got a wide open three, I'm comfortable with them shooting the three. That's just what it is. When it's a contested three, okay, statistics say maybe don't go for a contested shot because they're always not – they're a lot harder to make, right? Um Mm -hmm. So, again, in conference play right now, Braden's actually shooting over 50% from three. Um, But, again, he's not been shooting that many threes anyway, right? Um, uh, Phil, sadly, is under, way under. I think he's under 20%. I don't know if that includes tonight. Um, But, again, the threes just aren't necessarily making it as easy as I think in some games they can be, right? Um, But, again... The reason why I bring that up is really the Saints goes games really shows don't though move away from what you're what gets you to win right no matter how ugly mm-hmm. or whatever what gets you ways to win that's what's going to happen and again I think that Jaden Dawson three possessions right the turnover then to get a shot to be tied and then on a fast break to just immediately be at that quick pace and shoot and hit that three to take the lead is just something that is very different than the team last year. And honestly, I think a very different reason for why you end up beating St. Joe's for the first time in four contests, right? I think that sums up for me. And again, also, who doesn't love going into an away arena and getting a W, right? So um, absolutely ecstatic about that, um, especially for a team uh, that we were, were – who, who, we st- – took the lead at half, right? We were up at half. Um, and, um, again, kind of slow start out of the gate. So I think, uh, a big thing that we have to, or sorry, great start of the gate, but then slow run. Um, Mm. but I appreciate the runs. I appreciate it, but I really do think this game for me said, this is a different team. Again, now we were three and one in conference play and this was finally, again, I think it's still <laughs> you and I watching St. Joe's beat us for the third time last year. I think it's finally you get one of those things, like you said, bulletin board material. Now you just got to go and win. And so mm. I think that that really was great for sure. So, Buck, though, moving on, unless you mm. had anything with St. Joe's or are we just ecstatic to finally beat them? Yeah, no, I got nothing else. Let's uh, Perfect. Let's keep the train moving. Well, with uh, the train and that train being UMass coming into town, um, 
I, I again, UMass is an interesting one. We uh, first, first of all, this is only the second time in history playing them, and the first time was last year. So um, last year's game was, as we know, quite interesting. Uh, maybe also one of our uh, very, uh, very few wins. Um, but that was again the 64-62 game. Uh, that was quite something uh, to watch. Uh, but again, this game going in, Buck, we kind of had the advantage with um, UMass missing out on a player, right? Uh, Matt Cross mm-hmm. got injured just before, and if you don't realize, uh, Matt Cross is <laughs> leading uh, UMass um, in a lot of categories, uh, particularly, of course, um, in scoring, right? Um, so right away, I'm like, okay, boom. We got one guy to defend, and that's it, and that guy um, is... What I would now say, I regret saying anything, but that guy's really darn good, and that's Josh Cohen. Um, yeah. I, I tip the cap. Um, for those who don't know, uh, Josh Cohen put up 28 points against us, uh, 8 of 12 from field goal, shot a 3, don't know why. Uh, he was 12 of 16 from free throws. We'll get to the why he took so many free throws in a little bit um, because everyone took a lot of free throws in this game, um, both sides. Um, but Josh Cohen, without a doubt, uh, definitely a player that took the team and put it on his back um, and just surprised me. Uh, the reason why I, I, I give this um, as a point, Buck, is who did we have guarding him? And who we had was Miles Rubin. Now, mm-hmm. um, do I say this is a bad game on Miles? No, not at all. What this is, this is a freshman going up a guy who's played in the NCAA for five straight years, right? Josh Cohen is a fifth-year transfer, uh, COVID year. And in my opinion, most of the moves were just, you've been there before, and that's what it is. Um, Nothing wrong with it. I think, again, it's the same thing I'm going to be intrigued with when we go play Venning, right? It's the same thing if we go play Holmes. I I don't know who's going to be on Holmes. Is it going to be Miles, right? You're playing against guys who have played – this game multiple times at this level. And again, Josh Cohen, his moves were pretty straightforward, but they also were smart and they, the IQ was there. Um, so yeah, tip the cap there, 28 points. Now granted 12 of them were from the free throw line. So maybe an asterisk there in my opinion, but Buck, what is, what does that say for the scouting report? Do are you like shocked that one player could do that much damage with another player being out or where, where do you kind of take that from, uh, again, kind of just not only box score, but the impact on the game? Yeah, I think I was surprised. I think I was surprised that we got beat that bad by um, by a post player, by a center. Uh, just considering that, like, Damon and Miles are such different types of players, right? Like, different builds, different uh, strengths and stuff that... I always just think that there's one of them is going to be able to slow down a post player, whether that's you know Miles' athleticism or Dame's just kind of strength, big body. Um, but in this case, obviously, it, it wasn't good enough. Um, I mean, they even threw Tom in there for for four minutes, and he had two fouls uh, in in four minutes of play. So um, yeah, I, that was surprising. I think it's something that. I'm sure the next day they got in the gym and they were working on post play, like post play defense, like for sure. Uh, because as you mentioned, there are multiple very talented post players in the A10. So um, I definitely think that it, it would be a would be a very uh, they would put a lot of effort into working on their post play defense after this. 
Um, and for Miles, it's a good lesson. It's a good learning lesson of, hey, you know, there are guys like this, like you said, fifth-year senior, uh, knows how to play, um, doesn't really do anything crazy, like nothing fancy, but just a solid player with good footwork uh, and someone who played 37 minutes and I'm sure on their scout it said something along the lines of like high motor or doesn't stop or, you know, plays a full 40 minutes, something to that effect because dude was out there balling for 37 minutes and gave Miles and and Dame straight buckets. Like there's no real other way to say it. So um, definitely something that they need to work on. Um, Overall, I mean, yeah, great to get a win. Uh, a little stressful. Didn't felt like I didn't think it needed to be all that stressful, but um, also props to Curry for coming off the bench, scoring eighteen, and just looking like someone that could make a three walking into the gym uh, from the bleachers. Like just at times it's just like what you know, what are we doing here? Um, but uh, yeah, good again. I mean, a win's a win, right? Like we said earlier, you just got to win. Um, awesome, obviously awesome finish. Uh, just, I mean, a career highlight for Phil, right? Like that moment is just pretty, pretty darn awesome. I think like really summarizes him as a player just in, in one play. Um, so that was cool. Uh, so it's always fun to get moments like that. You just never know, like, I don't know, like going through a season, like you can never expect a moment like that. So to get one like that is just really cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's kind of what I got. Um. But yeah, feel free no, to jump I think, in. What else you got? Yeah, I think, uh, again, before we start praising UMass anymore, I think, again, for me, uh, guys like that who come in, like Cohen who come in, it kind of just reminded me of the the New Orleans game uh, with, with, uh, with Jordan Johnson, again, who just found a way to score, right? And that's the thing. It's like finding guys who score, we have to recognize that. Um, something I'll talk about here with the VCU game in a second. Um, but again, ultimately with the UMass game, it, it came down to the wire. Uh, it, it really did as all of us were standing um, at the very end. Um, though sitting for a lot, uh, fouls were called throughout <laughs> the entire second half. I think both teams were in the bonus, if I remember correctly, before the halfway, so before the 10-minute mark. Um, um, and then the double bonus, I think, both were in it by the eight minutes. Um, as you even noted, Tom went in for four minutes and had somehow two fouls. And uh, Jaden <laughs> fouled out. Um, and so did Dame, right? So um, it, it was a definitely a d- depth needed. Um, but again, ultimately, uh, guys like Phil didn't quit. Um, and again, a- another tough second half from a three-point uh, percentage, right? Under 20% again. Um, but Finding a way to score. Uh, 64% um, the second half from free throw. Uh, with so many attempts, maybe you'd like a little bit more. But at the end of the day, like you said, just win. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, missed free throw uh, by Cohen, I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Led to another quick transition. That's what Drew's teaching and drawing up. They know this. Um, I don't think anyone was like, oh, where's the... F- like, again, it's very different and interesting. But you could make a same argument here, like just like the Richmond game. Oh, any timeout? We hear in the post game, and when you hear things, they drop scenarios, right? You run, hey, yeah. oh, free throw, you free throw just missed. We got 10 seconds to get it down the court. Let's go. And that's exactly what this was. Now, 
Philip Alston looked like a man on a mission, and he wasn't going to let anyone stop him and get in his way. And he pushed his way through. But not only that, now many guys would just put throw up that shot and then fall down or something, right? He stood his ground and had two, I don't know if they fully counted, but what, two offensive rebounds? Mm-hmm. Um, and then finds a way to make a bucket. This is all now after Phil misses a free throw um, to tie the game, the previous possession. Um, so what a different story this could have been if he made that first free throw. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Phil pushed his way through and had UMass losing at the free throw after the N one. And it just was crazy. Everyone was crazy. Felt bad. Had a few elderly UMass fans in front of me and one drunken <laughs> Loyola fan. And he was just very loud. And it was funny. But, again, it was something that, like you said, was a little bit surprising. Excited that it finally happened. And, again, even for a 6 p.m. tip-off, I still didn't get home until after 9 because this <laughs> the free throws took forever. But, again, hey, you found a way to win. And I think that's also a huge, huge lift um, because now – you can find ways to win in the A-10, and that's new for us. Let's be honest, right? That is a new thing for this team, only second year, and it's a new concept with Drew as well, finding ways to win and trusting the guys. Hey, you go get that W for me no matter what. Um, Buck, talking about finding a W no matter what, let's roll into Fordham really quick. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I think this game really, to me, talks about how you finish a half and how you start a half and how this should be really – a gold standard in my opinion mm-hmm. for you don't give up. And like we mentioned with some of these other games, right? You don't let a bad run kind of let you down. Um, Buck, we were down, I think at most 12 at one point in the, in the first yeah. half. Um, I think it cre- crept up to, um, and hear hear me out. We were, we were down 12 with four minutes left. Um, so, um, if for those who don't know, Loyola then went on. I'm pretty sure, confidently, we went on at least maybe a 10-2 run. Um, let's see here. Let me do math. Yeah, leading into half. We went on a 10-4 one yeah. uh, to end the half. Maybe even 12, I think, technically. A 12-4 run to end the half. But we ended the half still down four. That is still tremendous, right? When you have a lead mm-hmm. being the double digits in the first half, if you can cut that down, you have a whole nother half to figure out the mistakes, figure out what works. But, Buck, cutting the lead down to four, that's that's a different team right there, don't you think? Yeah, it really is. Yeah, I mean, it. that's, again, like we mentioned it earlier, but just the senior leadership and also just having different options. Like, we've talked about how, yeah, Braden's shooting the ball really well, not shooting it often, but shooting it well. Uh, but then, like, really, I mean, guys like Jaden Dawson and, and – des watson like those guys have just really stepped up um i think obviously they're a des is a little bit more consistent Jaden's doing great i mean for sure as a sophomore didn't even play much as a freshman um doing great but des is definitely more consistent um so to have those two guys uh who honestly play kind of similarly uh who can who can figure it out at any point I like that. and I like it, that. yeah yeah go on quick like 5072 runs just kind of by themselves um, it's just a difference maker. I mean, we, we talked last year. One of the things is every single A-10 team has three dynamic guards. Like, And now I think we're kind of looking at that for ourselves too. I mean, Braden, I don't know that you'd really describe Braden as dynamic, but he's a very 
uh, efficient scoring option and your your point guard and Des and Jaden. I mean, they're both the, they're approaching that territory. I think Des is there, and I think Jaden can get there by the end of the year as like a legitimate dynamic scoring option. Um, and it's just something we didn't really have last year. So uh, yeah, seeing those guys uh, step it up um, in this game uh, and Dame off the bench too, which. I mean, I'm sure if you want to, you can jump in on that. But having those three guys, I think, uh, really just play so well and step up right before halftime is just a huge uh, emotional shift and momentum shift to go into halftime knowing, hey, let's make two adjustments and, and we got this thing. And that's I think that's what they did. Yeah, and th- you're absolutely right. In Dame's post-game conference, they asked him like, what, 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 what was going on in that locker room, right? And pretty much what went on in the locker room was uh, – uh, we went out and found a way to cut the lead and went back and forth for a little bit. And then I think we finally took the lead with, did we ever just take the lead for the rest of the game? I think finally with like seven minutes left, we took the lead for the rest of the game. Yeah, with seven minutes left. Mm-hmm. But again, you're absolutely right. Guys are stepping up. We'll talk about this here after the VCU chat here. But yeah, you enter the first half strong. How do you come out in the second half and you find ways to keep it within margin, right? You keep it within one, you keep it within three, you keep it within one, back and forth. That's what it was. It was back and forth. And then when you get that stop, taking advantage of it. What you're going to see in a play-by-play is a lot of good layups by Dame. And Dame went dancing and it was Dame time. (laughs) I tried to figure out what we're going to call it. We're going to call it Dame dancing, Dame dollar. And all I had to do was wait for the amazing, amazing Austin Hanson with the video. And the video from the <laughs> locker room pretty much said it's called Dame Time. And even tonight, I really like the first half of the VCU. We'll talk about it. But Dame, really great to have. A really great asset. And here's the thing. 18 minutes. Majority of in the second half. But 18 minutes total of that Fordham game. You find a way. And again, not every game it's going to be there, right? Uh, you look at guys like Phil. They did a great scouting report on. That's pretty much what it is, right? You 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 pressure someone who you scout. You can't scout everyone. We fell to that trap multiple times last year, right? When it came to I think especially St. Joe's. How many times mm-hmm. do we say, "Oh, we're going to defend this guy who shoots from the three, and this guy who's not consistent, right? Has the best three point uh, percent day of his entire career, or the most threes he's made in his entire career?" That happened a lot to us last year, and again. I think this is another great, interesting part where having depth helps tremendously. And guys like Dame added that depth and added that win. Um, Because, again, 17 points has not come easy. Also with four fouls, um, I think that's tremendous to be a little smart toward the end. Because here's the thing. At the end, they're looking to foul Dame because Dame's pretty sure season at that point for free throws was in the 60s, if I had to guess, um, from free throw. Um, so, and I think it's still in the sixties. Um, but again, also had never really taken more than five. Um, I think except for maybe, um, in the new Orleans game, but really in conference play for sure. And then you go at Fordham, it's Fallon and you make five of six clutch free throws, really ice in the game, putting pressure. Again, when you make your free throws late in the game, you're putting pressure on teams like Fordham to have to make a shot, Right. When, mm-hmm. when, when the game is still tied or when they're only down one, it's like, okay, we, we can be selective with our shots. So Dame, hats off to him. I think even we were lucky enough again to be on um, the Rambler Sports Network and their halftime show. And when asked, 
what player are you really hoping to step up? It, it was Dame for me off the bench, I said. I'm not looking for him to start like maybe CK did a few years ago in conference play. I really do think there's a benefit to having such great depth off the bench, and I think Dame has become the poster for that, and I really uh, hats off to him for sure. Um, Buck, again, this was now something that you didn't really see much going into now the VCU game, but we were on a three-game winning streak. Uh, we didn't see much of this last year, um, but uh, going into this VCU game, our name was being chatted across the entire A10 uh, Twitterverse, or sorry, Xverse, mm-hmm. whatever we're calling it. I don't know, cinematic universe, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. But fan, again, yeah. um, at the time uh, before tonight's game, we are sitting at 5-1 and one in the conference. We are sitting technically one game behind, or sorry, half a game because we played more games than at this time, Dayton and uh, Richmond. Richmond, who had, were only lost, was to them at the time. But they're both 5-0, mm-hmm. and oh, and we sit in at 5-1. and one. I think most mm-hmm. of Twitter uh, was talking about um, our uh, rise to this third place in the standings. What, what, what do you say to it? What do you say to whether the Twitter? What do you say to the team? What, what do you say to this 5-1 and one before, again, the VCU game? I just think it's wild how, like, when we lost to UIC, there were like <laughs> a lot of people liter- legitimately saying Drew Valentine should be fired. Like mm. that was a very popular opinion. And then now five and one, like you know, it, everything's good, right? Everything's groovy. Like it's just wild to me that like winning really does just cure everything. Like everything just kind of goes away if you're winning basketball games. Um, so that's kind of my first thought is just like yeah i mean i don't get me wrong i got worried too like i i did i think at some point start to be like hmm, maybe maybe this is a big jump for for uh for a young guy right a young coach um but i think this has proved that um that he is a good coach or at least he has like a good staff that the staff is good uh, that they can uh, improve their players. I mean, the improvement from Jaden Dawson, like, I mean, for sure was talented coming out of high school, right? But then to to get to a point now where he is getting in that conversation of, like, being a legitimate, um, I don't know, third option, like, for, for the team is, is really exciting. Um, so those two alone uh, and just the recruitment of Miles Rubin and seeing that, like, I mean, we saw him play in high school, and we saw it firsthand, like that his shot blocking ability was elite. Like that, that comes off the paper, right? But then there's other things that go into that too, of like your your ability to defend the post. Like if you're getting buried in the post every time, you're not going to get shot blocks or block shots. Um, his ability, like I think he's a smart offensive player too. Like he finds his opportunities. He rolls hard on pick and rolls, which is uh, more uh, rare than like a, a fan might think. Um, and playing the dunker spot is a, uh, a skill that not everyone can do, uh, which is what he does quite often. So just kind of that all combined, like I think hats off to Drew and the staff. Like I think they're figuring it out um, and just developing players and developing their team. Um, so yeah, yeah, so that's my takeaway. Uh, but yeah, feel free to jump in on what you got. No, I think you're absolutely right. I think again, we'll slide into the VCU game here, but mm-hmm. everyone's now let, let's be honest. And I think we, we out of uh, some media podcast and notes, whatever can talk about 
how it's very interesting, right? Not only from the the cinematic universe of people calling for not the right coach, not the right fit. Um, then you get media outlets who are interviewing Drew, and it's like, wow, what a difference uh, from last year. What what's going on? And again, I think it's again we had a magical run, Cinderella, whatever you want to call it. Things take time, right? Mm-hmm. If we're gonna compare. Porter wasn't magical the first part. Granted, I don't think people expected anything that we, we turned into, uh, say, seven years ago, right? Um, so things take time. And again, we moved up. We, we didn't, this isn't, say, Pac 12 reorganization, and you move down conferences into maybe uh, mid major. We're moving up. So I would mm-hmm. kind of hope, actually, the competition's a little tough to get used to. But we, we kind of got a little smack in the face and woke up and be like, Hey, things are a little bit more different. And, uh, even drew mentioned, right. Like you mentioned, he said he went to the staff, relied on them a little bit more, was talking to them more, trying to really work it out. And I think that's tremendous for sure. And I think guys like Jaden Dawson are stepping up. I think transfers are also, um, clicking look at Dame this year transfer, right? We kind of had last year, a dip in the impact transfers can make, um, just because of who we, kind of expected uh to maybe step up right um and and this year i do think transfers like des right that's that's easily one um to also take it on hold right and guys last year um besides again the usual phil and Braden, um they were kind of worrying who was going to take the step up and guys have definitely there's been no sophomore slump so far right we got plenty of games to go um, but I think the five and one definitely uh, had a lot of people chatting buck um, going in here now to VCU. So we go into VCU and like you, I think you said earlier, and we might've said off a line here, right? When, when you have a bit of momentum, when you have a little bit of chatter online and stuff like that, people are going to want to want to beat you. That, that's just what it mm-hmm. is, right? No team ever just wants to roll over. No team ever wants to uh, do that. And VCU is not a team to roll over. As we know, different coaches staff for VCU and say tournament last year, number one seed and everything. So VCU, uh, this game, I don't know really what to expect. They did have a player out. Uh, personally, I was very, very concerned with one player, and that's uh, Max uh, Shulga. Um, I think the biggest concern is that man can shoot from anywhere, um, mm-hmm. and we are have been not great with guarding the three, um, at least defending the three, in my opinion. The, the two, we've been defending great. I think the three, not so great. But um buck ultimately just to get to it we lost this one uh 74 67 this one was a tough one granted we just also are now recording this after the loss um Mm -hmm. not only is it tough to talk about but it was a tough game because of just i think the uh first half um the way it ended um then also uh the back and forth of the second half um but then ultimately kind of lost grip of it um toward the end there so Really, um, the way I chalk this one up to, uh, just not our shooting night at all from three. Total game is 20%. Uh, and here's the thing, though. We were very efficient from uh, field goal, uh, at least 50% from field goal in the first half. 33% in the second half. Granted, nearly half those shots were from three, so 41. Um, so you're, you might ask yourselves, okay, great. So what did we do on defense? And as I say, I think defense leads to offense. We just could not defend the three. So you live and die by three, maybe on offense, and then you you give up some shots, and there you go. And I think the biggest analysis that we got, right, points in the paint, 
Uh, we dominated in the first half, 26 to 5, it's 26 to 10 in the first half. Um, but what were uh, VCU doing? VCU were shooting from three lights out. So, mm-hmm. Buck, I think the biggest thing, like you said, what does the social media say at the end of it? I think I've seen a pretty positive thing. I haven't listened to the post game, but there's a lot of games in the A-10. This is not one game defines you. This is ultimately going to alter the rest of the year, but it shouldn't, right? Same with the Richmond game. It did not stop us from going to win at St. Joe's. did not stop us from going to beat UMass. Um, so what does it do? Um, what it needs to do is it needs to just, you learn from it. That's the biggest thing. You go look at the film, you go look at how you need to defend guys, uh, like Joe, uh, was it Bay missile, or whatever, who's been in the league for like 7,000 years now. Um, yeah. so yeah, Buck, I don't know anything really highlights that come out. It's a loss, which is tough. Um, but what, what do you see from this for, for, again, just for reference, we have a week off, uh, going into slew now. So what would you, what would you feel from this? Yeah, I think sometimes it just really comes down to like them making shots and us not making shots. And that's, it sounds so simple, right? But like you look at some of the other stats across the board and I mean, watching the game, I didn't get to watch all of it, but I was able to kind of click in a little bit here and there. And, like, the rebound battle, we only lost by four. Turnover battle, we won by three. Like, those are pretty good indicators, I think, uh, for us of, like, are we um, are we locked in? Are we uh, similar competition, right? Stuff like that. But, yeah, like you said it. I mean, they were 60% from three and we're 20% from three. Like, it just it, – sometimes it just comes down to them making shots and us not. And uh, I think it's another one of those things where we said it earlier about being process-oriented. Like, I think they played a good game. Uh, I think we competed, uh, showed that we are a top team in the A-10, you know, whether that's top three or top six. You know, I think it's still kind of to be determined. But um, it, it was a great game. I'm looking forward to uh, – do we play them again or – or let's see, uh, we don't play them. Or, yeah, no, we don't play them again in the regular season. But, oh, VCU, uh, no, no, we don't. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, I just have a sneaky feeling we're gonna we're gonna meet them again uh, in the A10 tournament. I think this could be a, a semifinal type matchup or something like that. I think that would just be a great uh, a great game to get uh, later in the season. So, um, yeah, uh, just a bummer. I mean, Braden's been shooting the crap out of the ball, and for him to go over four from three is just uh, you know, a little bit of a letdown, but um, Phil also 0 for 2 from 3. Like, just one, you know, those guys can't be 0 for 6. Um, we talked about Phil shooting earlier in the podcast, and I think he'd probably be the first one to tell you he's got to pick it up a little bit. I mean, shooting, what, 44% or something, 45% from 3 last year, and then now he's shooting like 20%. It's just, um, you know, it's just not going to get it done. So, um, yeah, I think those guys aren't going to be 0 for 6 from 3 ever again this year. And uh, it's always tough. to. It's a tough place to play. VC always uh, always turns out for their games. And, um, yeah, put this one in your back pocket, learn from it, watch film, get better. And uh, I think, like I said, I think there's going to be a game, um, another matchup to come, still yet to come in this year. We'll get no, I, 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 no, I really love that point, especially from 3, right? Um, the, and to be honest with you, Braden last year had a, a few of those games where he just couldn't mm-hmm. find the back of the net, right? 
And I think the difference is this year, you know that what the team is capable of. Not only is Braden improving on everything in the box score pretty much, um, so you know things are finding a rhythm to winning. So, again, hey, we, we've already surpassed our wins from our – this is our record-breaking conference, A-10 conference wins, right, at five. And as crazy mm-hmm. as that is the sound. But we, we can't let uh, the loss kind of drag us down. We have to be smart. Um, and I do agree, right? I think the same with Richmond, potentially, if they keep going the way they're going, to like VCU – Right, because I think after this VCU sits at least top three in the stand or with us near the top four. Um, after that loss, yeah, they're fourth right now. And again, VCU's on a four-game winning streak, right? So they they started the conference zero and two, and now they've won four in a row, right? Um, so I do think you might see also a VCU and a Richmond maybe later on for sure. So yeah, again, that was kind of our analysis. Again, we're playing catch up, but really conference play, right? Um, I think conference play has been pretty crucial. Um, but, Buck, really to round it out, I think what makes conference play crucial is who we got playing and stepping up in conference play. Um, and mm-hmm. I think uh, for us right now, uh, we have to highlight kind of the four guys um, who are pretty much taking control of, of the conference play, uh, particularly um, here for the Ramblers, right? So not to get ahead of ourselves here, but uh, Lou, I think we're gonna have to cut it here. It's been a uh, we of course got to talking for longer than usual. I think that's bound to happen when we haven't gotten on here and talking about our Ramblers in in a little while. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I think maybe we will put out another episode shortly. I promise it won't be this that as long of a break as next time. We have plans already to record. I think by this time next week, uh, in a week from whenever this is posted. Uh, we'll have the next part, but in the next part, we'll go into who some of our surprises are, some of the guys that have improved a lot, um, maybe a guy that we think can get a little bit better, or maybe just has been uh, out of his rhythm for a little bit, and then uh, we can also look ahead uh, to uh, the future or like the you know the remaining games, and by that time, we might have another. Uh, no, we won't have another game to talk about because we don't play for a week. So uh, this is our little uh, podcast to get you through a week off of Rambler basketball. Um, Baloo, anything else to add or uh, any last thoughts? Well, as much as I want to talk, we'll add that uh, extra bit um, following next week. But again, everyone, uh, just hang your heads high. We got a week off. I know it's going to be killing me not watching a game this weekend. Um, but again, excited so far what we're off to in conference play. And again, uh, difference than what we saw last year, but sometimes you gotta, you gotta know the bad times to appreciate the good times. So let's keep rolling here. Mm -hmm. Ramblers. Yeah. Good points. Love it. Um, well, thank you all for listening and don't forget, always remember go blurs.